0: i can't say i really felt gratitude for a whole lot of things before all this started and now i can't say that a day goes by that i don't feel some kind of gratitude without you know it's noticing the small things it can be the smallest thing in your day but really being able to pick up on the the what you have and what's there and what you're joyful for and thankful for versus what you don't have Mm -hmm. or what you're trying to get it's just a big shift
1: Podcast junkies episode 336. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you are new to the show, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, busy day and maybe busy life to spend an hour with my guest and myself. I take a lot of pride in selecting guests that have amazing and inspiring stories to share, and I've been doing it since 2014. This is the show where we search out interesting voices in podcasting and get them to kick back their heels, talk about their shows and whatever else is on their mind. It's crazy to think I'm closing in on 10 years as of April 2024, and I got to think about what I'm going to do to celebrate such an important milestone. If you are a regular listener, I want to thank you for being on this journey with me, whether you have been listening since episode one or episode 335 or somewhere in between. I really appreciate you and sending you a virtual hug. In case you missed last week's show, we had a great conversation with my friend Steve Stewart. He's a podcasting OG. He is the podcast editor's friend, and we talk a lot about his career path and how he's been a valuable resource for the podcast editing community, his love of vinyl and DJing, which is something that's near and dear to my heart. We talk about the evolution of podcast editing, the growing interest in video podcasting, and everything that's happening in the podcast landscape that's changing and is of note for any podcasters, whether you're just getting started or you've been a veteran in the space, like me, for 10 years or more. Please check that out if you haven't done so already. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Marianne DeMello-Smith. In this episode, we have a candid conversation about bridging personal passion and podcasting. We explore the courage it takes to step away from the corporate world and venture into the world of authentic storytelling, which is is something that I love doing. This is a great episode because it's a retrospective of not only my journey, but Marianne's as we both came from a structured corporate life. And now we're focused on building community and conversation with our podcasts. This is a perfect episode for anyone looking to find their voice and make an impact in the world. And this is more than just about podcasting. It's about building a story that resonates and gets you motivated. I know you'll find a lot of gems in this episode. If you are enjoying this one, maybe after you've listened to it, or you've been on this journey before and you've heard past episodes, please leave me a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. Nothing pleases me more than to see these come through. And I read these out on future episodes so you can get a shout out on the podcast. Remember, these episodes are full of great takeaways. And as a listener, I want you to focus all your energy on our conversation. Rest assured, you can always visit podcastjunkies.com to read the full show notes for each episode, which includes guest links as well. Okay, before we get into this uninterrupted conversation with Marianne, A few words from the amazing folks that support this show. If you are ready to drive podcast listens at an affordable cost, then TrailerGram is the service for you. TrailerGram helps you discover and retain new audiences. Advertise your trailer next to relevant content on their premium publisher network, which helps build audience and engagement. Here's how it works. They advertise your podcast trailer next to relevant content on their reputable publisher ad network, consisting of over 10,000 trusted publishers, such as Yahoo, CNN, ESPN, People, and more. Next, the trailer plays. Audiences then listen to your podcast trailer and are prompted. To opt in on their phones to receive push notifications from you about future episodes, creating a push notification subscriber base. Then, after listening to your podcast trailer and opting in to hear from you, the audience is driven to their built in podcast player so that they can listen to multiple episodes of your podcast. As push notifications are sent, more episode listens happen, and your podcast now has a thriving subscriber base. TrailerGram's automated system uses AI to send out push notifications several times a month, effectively marketing your upcoming episodes and amplifying the number of episode listens. Most importantly, as listeners engage with your episodes, your hosting provider will register listens as mobile downloads coming from a browser. Using their custom analytics dashboard, you'll be able to track trailer plays, add impressions, and how many people opted in for push notifications. Get started today for as little as $500 by visiting podcastjunkies.com forward slash trailergram and get started today increasing your podcast discoverability. That's podcastjunkies.com forward slash trailergram. If you've been on the fence about getting your podcast started, I have great news for you. My newly updated course, Podcast Blueprint 101, walks you through everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. And best of all, listeners of this show will get 50% off. In this course, I'll walk you through everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. In section one, mindset, we'll talk about getting started, the importance of the right mindset, and how to think about continuous improvement for your show. In section two, we lay the groundwork. We talk about planning your show, positioning it, and how to go about creating a quality production. In the growth section, we focus on where and when to publish your show, how to promote it to the right platforms, and as an added bonus, some specifics about how you can profit from your show as well. I've also included a list of tools. And services that have been helpful for me in the growth of my show. So, again, the URL is podcastblueprint101.com and use promo code PBHD50 to get 50% off exclusively for listeners of the show. So, Marianne DeMello Smith, thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. A (laughs) A little nervous, but excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned that. And as we were just getting started, and maybe we can start there. Obviously, you've got experience interviewing podcasters on your show a message in the middle and there's something to be said about feeling in control when you're the host and that you are in charge of the energy the pace and the direction of the conversations which you have experienced but it seems like I've had this happen a little bit to myself when I'm on shows as well so I'm wondering if you can talk through what that's like being on the receiving end
0: yeah so For me, I think being on the receiving end is just another maybe vulnerable spot, right? Mm. Just opening up and being an open book to whatever question comes your way, because to your point, (laughs) you can't really control the questions. I guess you could, but that's not about this show. It's just a conversation, right? So I think it's being open and willing to sort of show Whatever needs to come out, whatever flows in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then letting yourself be put out there. I think when we're having a conversation and I'm on this end of the microphone, it's not really about my work or my ability to host and have a great conversation Mm. with somebody. It's more about who I am and what I'm all about.
1: Is that something that you find difficult to Talk about publicly, like more about your origin story or getting into details about like your personal background?
0: It is. By nature, I think I'm relatively guarded for lots of reasons and tend to sort of keep it behind a wall. So starting a podcast was like complete opposite, right, of what you would think. But when I look back and I think about my youth, And the things I loved, and sort of how I got here, it was getting to a point, and maybe we'll get into this, but where I was taking a pause in my life and sort of evaluating a lot of things and realizing that I sort of had forgotten a lot of the things I love. And I think that happens to a lot of, I'll say, especially middle aged women. And I started to lean back into those things. And part of what I loved as a child and coming up through my middle school years and even high school, I loved AM talk radio. I was an AM talk radio junkie, which is so weird Where did you, for go, kid, where did you right? grow up? What city? I grew up in Rhode okay, Island, Rhode Island. Okay. in partially in Pawtucket, and then a town called Tiverton, but little old Rhode Island. But yeah, I loved things like that. I loved journalism and being on the newspaper and that kind of thing. So I think I started to take that pause and sort of remember those things that I love and it led me here.
1: What was it about AM radio that you love so much?
0: I think it was a couple of things. So I think it felt kind of like podcasting. I think it felt very personal, like they were talking to you, right? And maybe that guy was just talking to you. That thing he said was directly at you, even though there could have been thousands or millions of listeners. But I also love learning in books and... Education and I'm all about learning new things. So I'm guessing I was probably very interested as well and just kind of learning lots of different things, hearing about lots of different things.
1: Was podcasting your first foray into putting yourself out there in a public way?
0: Well, yeah, mostly. So for many years, for like 25, 26 years, I had a big team and I was. I had a career, and it sometimes brought me to the stage to speak. I tried to prevent it as much as possible. I was not comfortable on the stage. I will tell you, though, which is interesting that you're asking this, and now that I'm thinking about it, we kind of had a running joke that I was a client favorite anytime we were in a conference setting in a room. So sitting at a table could have been 50 people, but sitting at a table, just having a conversation, sharing what I knew, leading them in a certain direction, all about it, had no issue. Ask me to stand in front of that podium, not fun. I did not like it. So I guess I could correlate. It's pretty similar. Yeah, I would try to avoid it. I did it sometimes, but I would say going into podcasting was definitely the first time.
1: Did you ever take speaker training?
0: No, I did
1: not. I mean, I took some years ago and I did, I don't know that it necessarily takes the jitters away because I remember even after the training and going through those mock sessions and you're in front of a crowd and, you know, I had my spiel about like, I perfected like a five minute or 10 minute talk, whatever it was. And I remember going to a couple of podcast conferences and giving it, but the first time I was at one in, in Australia, this is, we are podcast and I gave the talk, you know, and probably if you're watching from the audience's perspective, it looked like everything went fine without a hitch. Right. But I felt like I had a ball of <laughs> cotton in my mouth and it was just like, and I vividly remember like, I'm here in front of my peers. A lot of these folks were like my friends. So, it, and it was yes. a very intimate setting. It wasn't a, a stage. It was, we were all at the same level and everyone was just at tables. So, but there is that something that doesn't go away. And I think it's one of the biggest fears that people have of this idea of like, yeah either performing or speaking on stage. And it, there's something about, I think, the vulnerability aspect of it that really triggers some sort of, you know, I don't know what part of the brain it is, because I always get those mixed up, whether it's the pre- fight, yeah, the, the fight or flight and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. that the uh, mammalian instinct to say, like, yeah. I'm somewhere where I don't feel very comfortable. Right. Yeah. And, run, everything, run. and everything that does to it, the body, whether it's, you know, you sweat in places you didn't really realize you sweat that much before or something. (laughs) You know, you just react differently to it. But it's interesting that you didn't have that experience when you were at the table. So it's not a, I don't think it was a function of you not being well-versed and being able to speak intelligently about a topic that you knew well or or passionate about. It's just a a different dynamic, I think, when it just, when you're on a stage.
0: Yeah, completely. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, and I, you know, some people I think, can outgrow that and some people will always be uncomfortable and i think that's okay part of one of my messages is that we need to learn to be more comfortable in the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so that's okay
1: so without getting into the full resume what did the or does the corporate journey look like for you
0: yeah so i mean in a nutshell for about like i said 25 26 years i worked at the Basically the same company, it was the same company, multiple roles came, you know, up through the ranks and eventually I was a vice president and had a pretty big organization that was surrounded with support and development and product ownership for business applications used in the financial industry. And then in 2021, after multiple acquisitions that our company went through right after the other just wasn't aligned with the company that I felt I would have retired at Mm. but no longer was in alignment and you know we parted ways and that was at the time both devastating and liberating it really gave me the opportunity to reevaluate a lot of things
1: I went through a similar experience. I was in corporate for 20 plus years. I worked in the marketing departments and you kind of assume that may just be the rest of your life and coming from, you know, I was, I'm a child of the eighties. So, you know, your parents instilling you the, the importance of like get, having that steady job, working for a big company. There's some cachet that goes with working. We, I worked at JP Morgan Chase, like I said, and E-Trade. And so, you know, they're, they're prominent companies in the financial space, but there was always like a pull. There was always, I don't know if I would call it an entrepreneurial pull or a desire to do something else. And I just couldn't like put my finger on it. And I tried, to, tried several times and then came back with my tail between my legs and would ask for like my job back or just, <laughs> thankfully I had my corporate <laughs> godfather lean on and he was able to kind of line things up for me. And so that's, it's always been helpful to have those relationships, but I think there it's a bit jarring to move into that other world and I notice it a lot when you think about people preparing their LinkedIn profiles. When you're in the corporate world, like the only time you look at your LinkedIn is when you're getting ready for a new job. You're looking for <laughs> That's about yeah. it. And, yeah.
0: And just to, yeah, no, I was just going to add, just to be completely transparent, I am in another corporate yeah, job yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. So I do work fully. I have a day job, but I've moved to individual contributor role. Yeah. I am in program management. And. Just have a different work life balance. And so things are different in that way. So I'm able to still enjoy things on the side where I wasn't able to do that before.
1: But it sounds like something shifted when that happened, when that transition happened internally for you, because you talked about it or even referred to it as a midlife crisis. And I think we all go through, I don't think we have one, I think we go through various milestones and for those of you that believe in like the astrology and the big returns of some of these planets, like some of these happen in bigger cycles, like 15, 25 years, you know, so there's various things that happen that are shifting us in a way or nudging us to reevaluate like what our life is about and where we're headed. And if we are on the path that we're meant to be, and I think that's sounds like that's something that you went through. And I don't know if that's the timing related to starting the podcast, but maybe can you talk a little about a little bit about that and internally what was happening in your world as you were going through that transition?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was going through so of course, the separation from a job and a team that I grew from the beginning and had just surrounded myself with every day, every night, everything. For that many years, it was my everything. It really was my everything. And like many, I was very focused on external validation cues and just that hamster wheel of what's next and you know, you get one roll and then you climb it for the next and it just never ends, right? So when it came time and I had this pause of separation, I actually took six months off. And at that same time I was starting to go through a wellness journey. I lost a ton of weight, like to your point, I think there were a lot of things just shifting in me at the same time, mm-hmm. and I just started to really look at who am I and how did I get? How did I get yeah. here? I guess. I mean, I wouldn't have called it a midlife crisis, but I guess it's similar in that that's that's just a lot of self reflection, a lot of how did so many years go by and I'm fifty three, so how How's did fifty years go by and get to this place? Right, yeah. and suddenly be like. Wait, how did I get here? And where did all that time go? And when did I make these decisions? And by the way, who did I want to be? Because I don't know if the right? So I don't know if that's who I want to be or I wanted to be. And, you know, you can look back and everyone's life is like this. And this is really the genesis of my podcast. Life is mess and it's complicated and we can't predict it. And you make a series of choices Based on what's going on, like you can't predict what's coming at you and things happen yeah. and you make choices and suddenly you find yourself here 50 <laughs> years later, right? But yeah, I took it as a time to really start looking at my values and how did I really want my priorities to stack up? I'd say things that were important to me, family yeah. as an example, yeah. I would have always said it's very important to me. But the truth is I put my job before my family a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that happens in climbing the corporate ladder in corporate America sometimes, right? So it was time to just sort of evaluate a lot of that stuff and say, you know, between now and dead, what do I want it to (laughs) look like? And do I want to do more of the same or do something else?
1: And I think what's important for the listener to realize is also to understand that there's no right time for this epiphany to happen. And there's no, you know, it's not like, and you shouldn't, we should be gentle with ourselves in terms of how we came to this, what caused it, you know, whether it's something that's jarring. And, you know, I've had some life changing experiences when I've gone through a divorce and I've lost one of my best friends during COVID. And so there's moments where, you know, there can shake you up. But sometimes it's the slow burn or it's the, you know, the frog in the pot analogy where, you know, it's happening so gradually that get to a point where you're like, I don't really think there was anything jarring enough to provoke me to ask these questions. So I think it's helpful to be gentle on ourselves and be grateful that we do get the opportunity because there are people who who are on that, whether you want to call it a hamster wheel, who don't know otherwise and are very comfortable in the life that they have. And maybe if you ask them on their deathbed, they'll say, yeah, it was okay. But I think more and more people are waking up and There is, I see it happening more and more, all ages, all generations are going through that. So I'm curious for you how and when podcasting came on your radar and how you started to think about that this might be something that you could be interested in, having come from that, you know, being in that corporate world.
0: Yeah. So I listened, so I was a listener, but I also, I mentioned I was sort of going through this period in my life where I was trying to get into a more healthy lifestyle. I had, COVID was going on too. There was a lot of stuff going yeah. on, right? So there was a lot of online community stuff. I had joined and become part of this wellness community. And I started sort of pseudo coaching and doing some things in that community, such as leading book clubs, okay. you know, inspirational and developmental, personal development book clubs. Yeah. And again, back to the things I love. I went to school for English and journalism. I haven't. I did zero things in my career with that yeah, formally, yeah. right? But that's what I went to school for because I loved it. And again, I started to really connect back with Gosh, I really yeah. enjoy this and I started doing some author interviews in some of that. And I was like, this is fabulous. I love this. This is like, you know, it really lit me up. I was finding stuff that lit me up. And so I started to just slowly think about what could I do? to make that more my own Mm -hmm. versus doing it for somebody else in their community and also make it bigger, do something bigger. And in bigger, I don't mean just get to the masses. I mean bigger in that, not just be specific to books, but how do we connect with people, help people, give them inspiration, give them hope, share messages. It's all about that. We all have lots of experience we can share with one Mm -hmm. another. And so I sort of just slowly started, then I started doing research. I'm a researcher. I'm a learner. I started doing research and learning. And I didn't pull the plug for a while, probably a good, I don't know, eight months just out of sheer. I didn't know all the answers and I was uncomfortable with going forward in that way, doing it messy. I did eventually do it messy, (laughs) but I had to get myself there. I had to get myself through that first step of just doing it.
1: Did you have a vision for what you wanted the show to be?
0: I did. A loose vision, Mm -hmm. right? I struggle with, there's a ton of advice out there from probably the masters of podcasting that will tell you to niche down to a very specific (laughs) thing. And I still, to this day, you know, going in now, almost two years, and I can't say that I'm really niched down where those people would probably be happy with it because my vision for it was to get in that spot of life's messiness that area of unique experience but yet shared experience we all to your point we all have these moments in our lives that come up and it's not about those moments because they're going to come up for everybody but it's about what did you do about it who did you Mm -hmm. lean on any lessons learned that you can share with the next guy. So it's about providing some maybe fast paths to somebody else that's going through the same thing or inspiration for somebody that maybe thinks they can't get through it and you can kind of show them that you can get through Mm -hmm. it. So it was more that let me go after that age demographic like myself, Mm -hmm. women in the middle, but also help to find those messages in the middle of books and stories and people's experiences that we could share across the board. I love it. So that was my loose <laughs>
1: loose thought. I love the fast pass reference. That's the toll
0: Disney or something. The, the toll
1: express tool. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you I grew up in New York, so I'm New England is probably the same thing. So for the benefit of the listener, that it's the yeah. express payment system on the toll. Yes.
0: <laughs> Well, I think Disney too had a oh, fast, fast path, pass, right? You don't have right. to yeah, wait yeah, in yeah, the yeah, lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. but you're right. Either one, the oh, point right is too, yeah. you don't have to figure it all out yourself. Mm. Maybe somebody can give you, hey, if you do step one, two, three, four, sure. you can get to five faster. You know what I mean? That kind were of
1: Were there thing. shows that you were listening to that were inspiring at the time or helping you understand or making you realize that maybe there was perspective that you could take that was different from theirs?
0: No, I don't think I could say that I really, no, I would say no, because even to this day, I'm kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I have a few favorites. Yeah. They're going to be fan for. People in this genre will, yeah. you know, I love Mel Robbins. Everybody loves Mel it's Robbins. True. I love Glennon Doyle and that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I mean, you know, that's kind of my genre of what I love in yeah. personal, too. Yeah. So. But I can't say that I had anything, and I jump all around a lot, so I can't say that there's any one thing that was like, I was listening to this and this is what I want to emulate, Mm. or I was listening to this and I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, yeah, that wasn't really, yeah, no, I can't say that.
1: But definitely books have been an influence, so are there a couple of personal Mm. development favorites of yours?
0: There definitely are. I would say some of my favorites in general topic or just across the board would be like, Atomic Habits, I love that as a point of reference for people that are sort of trying to just frame up how to have it impact your life and how do you change habits and the slight edge, Jeff Olson, Mm. consistency. I think it falls in that same genre, but consistency, you know, one talks more about habits and the framework around habits and creating them and breaking them. And the other is more, I think, leans a little bit more towards the how consistency plays in. And that's really important. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm. That one I love (laughs) just because it's about learning to come off autopilot, which was part of my whole sort of awakening, if you want to use that word that everybody's using. But just kind of waking up to what's reality and being more present in my own life. Like most of us, to your point, there's a bunch of people that never even think about yeah. coming off that hamster wheel and waking up and i think for me that book is all about being more present being coming off autopilot really recognizing what's going on in your life and I, so i really love that
1: as you think about that last the term autopilot's interesting because i think concept of it is that people don't recognize that they're on autopilot yeah. so are there have you had in the course of your conversations and on the podcast are there ways that people can maybe ask themselves if they're on autopilot if they're not aware that they are
0: yeah i mean i think there's lots of ways right there's lots that you can read a zillion books and you can find lots of techniques but there's simple things to just start recognizing whether or not you're being more present yeah. and or get more present and that's when i think you start being able to distinguish between the two you know, simple things like for some of us—I mean, just think about: Have you ever driven home, home from work, or to work, or to a place, and gotten there and said, "Hey, how did did I even did I go through that stuff? Oh, yeah. Did I like not even knowing how you got there?" Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, have, yeah, I see that. you laughing. Yeah. So you've done yeah. that. I've done that too. How did we do that? We were literally on autopilot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> autopilot, right? Before Tesla, because we drove. Yes, but we drove, I don't know, however many miles. For me, my commute was long, so say an hour 50-ish miles. And to not even know that how you made it, that is autopilot, right? So if anybody's had that happen to them. Or I think looking at how many times do you like get through the day and think about not even kind of remembering a certain conversation Mm. or I'm not talking like we're old and we're doing... You know, you something. I'm talking like you really weren't really there. Like somebody was standing in front of you and you were multitasking and you weren't really... Pe- you know, you were kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. like. So there's definitely signs there. And I think you can teach yourself to do things to be more present pretty easily. Like if you go on a walk, this is a pretty easy one, but if you go on a walk or drive or whatever start tell yourself to notice certain things like the color of the house Mm -hmm. or find the numbers on the mailbox anyone that has a number five (laughs) and i'm just making that up but something to really pull you to pay attention and then i think you'll start noticing the difference and you can start really picking up on those things
1: so let's turn back the clock to you getting the podcast together because it's helpful for folks that are listening that They have just started a show, are thinking of starting a show. There's the gamut here. I just interviewed Dave Jackson, who's been podcasting probably over 13, 14 years, so maybe longer. (laughs) So it's always nice to see the range. But what did you have in mind in terms of, did you know it was going to be interview based to begin with? And how did you go about like getting your first guests? And I'm curious because it's always an interesting experience. And I went through it 10 years ago when I started this show, but I'm in this day and age and there's no shortage of information available to your point. You can watch, there's hundreds, if not thousands of YouTube videos yeah. on podcasting, which can be overwhelming, but I'm curious right. how you found your way through that maze of information to get started and what your that vision early on was for what you wanted to do.
0: Okay. So a couple things in the answer to that. I did envision including interviews and that being a primary focus. And honestly, I'm still more comfortable I actually get a lot of feedback that people like my solo episodes, but I'm more comfortable still doing the interviews. So that's a stretchy area for me that I'm working on. But so I, in my head, I knew I wanted to do a mix. I wanted to do some book review kind of episodes that would be solos. I wanted to just be doing some personal life lessons and reflection type episodes and then be primarily interview based. I did take a course, a quick course, like a six-session course on starting podcasts. So that definitely helped give me, because there's some, to your point, you can get everything out there. There's so much information. You can go on YouTube and find everything. But there's also a million opinions. So trying to narrow down just low budget, how do you start with a decent microphone, low budget? How do What platform do you pick? Those kind of things. You just, you know, it's nice to have a personal connection, and then have somebody sort of give you a a list or a cheat sheet yeah, again that yeah. you could just kind of check off and get started. So that was how I sort of framed up the technical side of it. As far as getting guests and stuff, I guess, again, back to my personal nature, I'm a researcher. So I am always out there looking at TED Talks, looking <laughs> at books that come no. out, looking at just listening into like what people are talking about. And then I'll reach out and I'll start trying to narrow down who that person is. Or if I have a specific segment, like I was doing a series on grief. So I put, you know, some things out there and said, hey, I'm doing a series on grief. I'm looking for some experts. And then I do a ton of research on people Mm. and I listen to what they've got out there. I meet them and talk to them and see if they're a good fit. And it's important to me to have people that I feel a authentic connection with and that align with who I am, who the show is, what it's about. So for me, that's important. So I do that. So I think that's how I got started and that's what framed it up. I would say what I wasn't prepared for is really. work. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's
0: (laughs) It's a lot of work, right? I think people maybe don't realize that it's a lot of work and sure you can Hit the button and record on your cell phone and just post it somewhere and done. But if you want to do that research and do the prep work that I'm talking about and you want to edit and you want to and you don't have a budget to outsource that or you don't want to outsource all that, there's a lot of work that goes into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so what were those early interviews like for you? (laughs) (laughs) They were great. (laughs)
0: No, honestly, when I look back, I'm not there yet, maybe, and, you know, I don't know, at some point I'll look back and go, eek. I do that more on the solo episodes than I do the interviews. I think, for the most part, I would say there's a handful that I probably would say, eh, maybe I didn't, this guest wasn't the best Mm -hmm. one or whatever for what I wanted to portray. But I don't think, yeah, I wasn't really nervous. I can't say I was nervous. I think it was fine. I had done my research. I had met the person. We get on, we have a conversation. So I don't, yeah, I think they were okay. I think they were exhilarating. Mm. I still feel that way. I still get excited about meeting somebody. Yeah, right. And that's part of why I still do it, right? I think being able to connect with somebody and learn something and then be able to kind of curate that for other people and then have people come back and say, wow, that was really helpful, or I got this, or that really lifted me. Whatever the message is, that's exciting to me.
1: How many episodes are you up to now?
0: 80, eight, 89. Okay,
1: yeah, that's a lot. Do you notice any difference in how you are as a host with your 80th versus your maybe your first few? Like, Do you notice the improvement? I know it's hard when you look back and you're just trying to see. It's hard to measure looking back, but then yeah. can, do you feel a difference in how you conduct these interviews now? different than when you started
0: so i feel that i'm a little bit more and this is about me personally as a whole i've been working on this but i'm a little bit less worried about having so much thought around what i want to come out of the conversation mm. and being invested in the end and more free forum. I mean, I still always will have a framework. And again, I've met with the person, I've done research, I know the areas I want to touch on with a specific person. Sure, sure. But I think I'm a little bit more comfortable just winging it and saying, again, still knowing who I'm talking yeah, to and yeah, what yeah. the general topic is, but really just kind of winging it.
1: Has your personal journey changed? Because you talk a lot about this idea of living a balanced life, you talk you know, a lot about gratitude. Is your journey evolving as a result of you starting the podcast and you having the conversations and maybe some aha moments as guests reveal something that is relevant in your life? I'm curious how it's affected you in, in your personal life. and and, egg. and your personal growth, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination. So I think I was, not I think, I for sure was already on this journey before I started, you know, having the podcast. And I think I already have some understanding of many of the topics that I'm going to talk about. But for sure, they're bringing expertise to the table. That's not my everyday day job. So Mm -hmm. of course, they're going to bring new ideas and things that either solidify what I'm thinking or I have a thought about or where I'm going or kind of give some specific tactical ways to do certain things that I haven't heard before that I can really use myself, Mm -hmm. but also share with others. So I think Listen, I think the personal development, for the best of us, I think the personal development journey, it doesn't end. It just goes on and on. And you're going to constantly be in this evolution. So I think it goes hand in hand. I think I'm changing. I think I learn as I'm going. I'm learning outside of the podcast, but I'm learning within the podcast as well. So I think it works well together.
1: And do you find that your relationship to taking... Imperfect action has changed as well. Coming from that oh, that, God, that, yeah. that background, you have obviously you had a leadership position. You led a team, and, yeah. and it's hard to not feel like you always have to have the answers because I've lived through that period as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. This was literally the first thing I did. What I you know, I'll say messy. I'm not the that's not my phrase, yeah. right? I, I didn't coin that phrase, yeah. but doing it messy. I think just starting. Even though I didn't have all the answers, this was definitely the first foray into that. But I've definitely been doing a lot more of that and living a lot less planned, a lot less, again, focused on the outcome. That's a change I've been implementing in myself and it shows up here and it shows up in my personal life as well.
1: And then how do you take everything that happened, the transition, the podcast, the conversations, what you're learning throughout this process and then how does that color like how you see the world on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and how you develop gratitude for everything that's been happening along this journey
0: yeah i mean it changed everything it colors everything vibrantly i can't say i really felt gratitude for a whole lot of things before all this started and now i can't say that a day goes by that i don't feel some kind of gratitude without you know it's noticing the small things. It can be the smallest thing in your day, but really being able to pick up on the the what you have and what's there and what you're joyful for and thankful for versus what you don't have or Mm. what you're trying to get. It's just a big shift, such a big shift. I'm just so thankful for so many things. (laughs) Just dumb stuff, right? I can be in the grocery store with my husband and there's people complaining about how expensive everything is. And, you know, my immediate default response is, I'm thankful we can afford yeah,
1: it. Yeah, of course. How many people can't, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: But that's a shift, that right? A shift. I mean, just to naturally have your brain go to that spot, that's a shift. So I think it colors everything.
1: Have your friends and family and, your, and people that are close to you, have they seen the shift?
0: Yes, so much. <laughs> a good example of that is, so I host the holidays yeah. for my family. I'm always the one. So somewhere between 15 and 30 people, depending on the holiday rate. But again, if I go back historically, I'm the planner, the over planner. Everything has to be right. We have to live a list for everything, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to just this year and I was doing something and I don't remember specifically the topic, but I just kept saying, it's whatever, it'll be fine. I don't care. You know, it'll all work out, whatever. My husband literally looked over and he goes, Man, you really have changed. Because I was just so comfortable in the fact that this is it's it's not important whatever. It's going to be fine. It's fine. But yeah, that's different. So yes, people do
1: notice. That's really good. Yeah. Coming from the the corporate background, I always think about like, you know, we get into this like end of year planning, budgeting, forecasting, you know, the finance (laughs) team comes in, they're like, okay, what's your, you know, but and especially if you're managing teams, headcount, like. All this jargony yes. stuff that just kind of, I'm <laughs> kind of like squirming, like thinking back all the things, you know, we would have to think about back then, but you don't have that at that scale with your show as well, but you do have that. And maybe that planning perspective, that future looking perspective, where do you see this going and what do you envision for your show? One of my favorite questions for my coaching clients is if we were to have this conversation 12 months from now, what would need to happen with your progress for you to be like happy with where you are?
0: So great. I've been debating what my word for the year is Mm. going to be for 2024 because I'm holding a virtual vision board session for my community on Sunday. And one of the things that I always do to frame up that vision board is kind of come up with that my word of the year, right? And then kind of plot in my goals and stuff around. So I was, of course, given this some thought like I do every year. And for this, for the podcast, I think a couple of things. So. I do want to focus on a couple areas that I have thought about, but I haven't dipped my toe in Mm -hmm. again, just not knowing enough. It's silly things, tactical things, but it also feeds into the strategy of growth, right? So I want to get on YouTube. I'm not yet. So I need to take those steps and do that. I want to start guesting more. Here I am. (laughs) Uh, Because I know, (laughs) (laughs) no, one and done is not the way. (laughs) But I think, no, seriously, I think we both know one of the biggest pieces of of advice people would give around growth is get out there more, get on different shows, get some exposure, right? And so I need to do that. I need to push myself to do that, even though it's uncomfortable. So there's a couple of things like that will help me say that I'm making the strides. For me, this is definitely a long game. Mm -hmm. My vision, you asked my vision at the beginning, so my vision for this was: this is going to be something that I use to leverage when I retire from my day job, right? So I know, yes, everybody and I'll get in trouble for saying this. Everybody in <laughs> their brother's a coach these oh, yeah, days, but the reality yeah. is, everybody in their brother's a coach these days. But I also know that I grew and built teams for years and have naturally coached mm-hmm. people for years. So you know what you I doing. mean, it just comes very, <laughs> very naturally to me. Yeah. And I, you know, and I have a community today, which, you know, there's a lot of interaction and off on the side, unofficial coaching. Mm -hmm. And I know someday I would like to do something more in Mm. that space. And the podcast is a great leverage to be able to get messages out and connect with people. So I I guess I sort of have a, you know, a very short term tactical plan. And then I have a very long term, I would say not three year, but probably more like a seven to 10 year plan in front of me. But yeah, so we'll see.
1: How did we get connected? Because I meant to ask you at the beginning, and because I know it's part of your obviously your outreach strategy, but I'm just curious. Yeah.
0: Amy Fagan. Amy Fagan. Grounded that's right. Yeah, yeah, Amy. Right. Yes. So I think you guys have a couple of connections yes. and you interviewed her. Yes. And interestingly enough, when Amy was starting, she was coming up just slightly behind me and she was pinging some people trying to get information about how do you find guests and how do yeah. you do sort of an intake and i'm like listen i just got started and i don't think this (laughs) artifact is going to be like prize winning but here you can have everything i've created you know and i shared my stuff with her so we became friends and are also in some of the same communities together amy's
1: awesome she's yeah she's in my we have a a small community that meets on a regular basis to like help grow their show so we've been getting getting to know her a little bit better in it but she's yeah had her on a, a recent episode which i'm sure you heard and Yeah, Yeah. I just love her energy and enthusiasm for what she does for her show.
0: She's the biggest cheerleader, I just (laughs) have to say. I always (laughs) tell her that and tag her when people say anything because she cheerleads for everyone. Like anyone she believes in or gets behind, I mean, she is there no matter what you do. She is there to cheer you on. So I really value that and appreciate that in her. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate you sharing that plan because a lot of times when people get started, and it's some of the conversations I have with new clients, because you know, I have a podcast agency, who produce shows for businesses and for indies as well. And I've been more conscious of asking them what their vision is for the show, you know, because you could have it as a hobby, and there's nothing wrong against that. And but you should understand the inherent challenges that come with that, and know that it's going to be bootstrapped, and it's going to be fun if you have it as, as a side project or something you want to do, like you know, that could be your hobby, you know, podcasting can be a hobby, but for others folks and who have a long-term vision of where they'd like to be, or who know that they have a skill set that would be applicable for their audience or their community. I think it is important to think through, you know, one of the first things we, I've been conscious of now as we start new shows is asking them who's the sponsor for the show going to be. And in many cases, it's going to be themselves. It's going to be them highlighting like something that they do reminding listeners that they work with people there's a way to work with me if you're interested or I do have a community or I do have events or I do even if it's an email list you know just something so you're always reminding them like hey this is you know how I support the show here's what's happening in my world and we use a tool called captivate for our hosting and they make dynamic ad insertion pretty easy which I've been pushing a lot so now you can just run a promo all the time for your stuff and I think it's really important to be thinking through that because it is nice to know that at some point, you know, that you're building up an audience that you can take with you wherever you go. And it's not dependent on the whims of a social media platform. So I've yeah. given it some thought and kudos to you for, you know, kind of thinking about that. And even like you, if you said it is a long term three, five, seven year plan, it's important that you have that vision. And you did mention your community. I'm curious, that's something that's really a prized possession for most podcasters to know that they have one a and then that they are able to engage with them because it's just without our listeners you know we wouldn't have a show like there's, otherwise we'd just be like out if the tree falls in the forest and no one's there doesn't make any sound right (laughs) so talk to me a little bit about (laughs) what that journey has been like for you in terms of first recognizing that you had engaged listeners and, and how that grew into a community for you
0: So I probably did it opposite everybody else. And I started that community first. So again, I'm a planner. And I knew I wanted to, I knew, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to have the ability to connect with people. And for me, it was, that was a large part of it. But I also knew I didn't want to try to master all the social media algorithms and platforms. And Again, you teach this stuff, so it's probably against the grain of what most teach in that you, uh, you know, that's where you're going to get a lot of your lifts, do your connections, hit as many of them as you can. But again, as a hobby, I'm going to say I started it as a hobby, right? I was the girl with a very detailed bulleted list of itinerary from minute to minute of what we're going to do on vacation. Along with trying to be a little bit more present and prioritize my time, Mm -hmm. I made some decisions lately just in the last quarter of 2023 to try to be a little bit more loosey-goosey and okay, plan a trip and hit the big things but not do the planning so i would say less planning more just going with the flow that's a good one so i changed my mind about needing to plan out every little detail in order to have a fantastic vacation that's awesome
1: and have you put it into practice on an actual vacation yes okay, good and how to turn yes to turn listen out. to my episode <laughs> okay cool <laughs> I did. We'll we'll make sure that there's a link to that one in the show notes as well. What is the most misunderstood thing about you?
0: Ah, I guess if I'm going to be fully transparent, people think that I'm very confident and outgoing, Mm -hmm. and that's not true. (laughs) Like I have to put this is I'm forcing myself to be out here. This is not, as I said, uh, comfortable for me. So by nature, I think I'm an introvert. Mm. I think because of my career mm-hmm. and lots of things, I learned to be more of an extrovert, but I don't think it's my default. Yeah. So I think that people get that wrong.
1: I think you find that a lot in this community, in the podcasting space, but also in this like digital world where it's easy to maintain and have a presence without really engaging like on a consistent basis with people. But I do notice that as well. I, I thought that I used to be more extroverted, but I'll go to a podcast conference and after about the third or fourth day, I think I'm ready to like come back home and just. <laughs> it's <laughs> overload. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of overload, <laughs> but I'm in the moment, I'm very socially active and I'm like, it's talking to everybody. And, yeah. But I'm also been conscious of being more intentional with the people that I do connect with as well. So that's something that's been top of mind for me, but thank you for sharing that. Cause I, and I'm curious what your experience has been like in this conversation. And I don't know, did you say that this is actually your first one? In terms of guessing, No, okay. it's now I first.
0: Okay. No, this has been great, yeah. honestly. And the reason I really was attracted to doing this is because you do offer, I think, a tagline, if you will, yeah. is a safe place, right, for podcasters sure, sure. to come on and talk and just have a conversation. And I felt that when I listened. Amy's was yeah. the first episode. Yeah. And then I've gone back and listened to a bunch, <laughs> and I feel that energy yeah. and that vibe. And I wanted somebody that, you know, I felt that same. Good. Yeah. Authenticity with. So I feel like this has been very just a conversation, which is what you want to do. So thank you for that. I have done some others, which made me shy away from it. And it was (laughs) more like rapid fire questions. And it's just not a fan of those. Hey, listen, I'm not knocking on anybody, but it's just (laughs) not my bag. It's not where, you know, it's not where I'm going to shine. So, yeah. So I have to, I guess my message and my lesson to myself is to just do it, but be more maybe be picky about it or be very cautious about how I do it I don't know
1: yeah it's interesting because I want to also be conscious of like how I engage and and remind people to get out there when I realize that I'm not doing it myself so I need to I've been thinking about putting an open call out to uh, you know Facebook and saying if you've got a podcast I'm making some slots available so if you think I'd be a fit for your show just let me know that could open the doors wide open to just a whole range of shows, you know, it will. to <laughs> five. but this is good because it's like, cause I, I love giving back to the podcast community and you never know what those could turn into. So I think yeah. I might just do that. That might be the easiest way. I think because of being visible in the space for a while, you know, just see what, what people want to talk about because it's hard. It'd be easier than trying to go out and find specific shows and, and try to s- engineer it in a way. So I'm kind of, I may just let it, leave it in the hands of the universe and see what
0: What happens happens and
1: be able to report back. But thank you so much for reaching out. I I always look forward to these conversations because I get to meet more of the podcasting community than, you know, even if we were at a podcast conference, we'd have a couple of minutes while I'm on the floor to chat a little bit. But these are really great opportunities for me to just get to know people. My girlfriend likes to say this ability to go narrow and deep. As opposed to just wide and shallow, you know, just like just saying hi to a lot of people. And I'm conscious of the fact that I'm, you know, need to be more intentional with that. And that's why I really love these conversations. And I'm glad you're getting value from them. And I appreciate you being a listener as well, because I don't take that for granted how much time people have in their days. And so that you're making time to listen to the episodes and other value. That's very good feedback from me as well. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been great.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So if people want to learn more about the podcast, and your community and then maybe even possibly working with you, where's the best place for them to get started?
0: Yeah, messageinthemiddle.com. You can get to everything. So you can get to the podcast. You can get to the, you know, that's the website. You can get, contact me there, but you can find everything there.
1: And my marketing hat kicks in and I'm just really appreciative of that domain name. It's so clear. It's so easy (laughs) to remember and it's tied to the podcast. So I'm just that stuff makes my marketing heart sing, so <laughs> kudos to you for getting
0: that. Oh, but um, I don't have my niche, Harry. I don't have my niche.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think in some ways should, there is a niche there. I do. Yeah, and, and I think your community would probably tell you you're doing a great job. So keep it up and looking forward to much success with your show. Thanks again. Okay. Always appreciative of my guest's time. I never take that for granted. I know an hour is valuable time, and I'm so grateful They were able to come on and share their journey with you. As a reminder, if you are ready to get your podcast off the ground and don't know where to start, sign up for Podcast Blueprint 101 and use promo code PBHD50 for half off the price. For a complete picture of everything that's happening in the world of podcasting and all the companies making moves, visit thepodosphere.com and create your own pod stack today. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Visit fullcast.co and click the play button to learn the five pillars of a successful podcast that every business owner needs to know prior to launching. As a reminder, if you enjoyed this show or past episodes, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies and I'll be sure to read those out on a future episode. Intro now music composed by cedar and soil visit cedarsoil.com for his full catalog tune in next week for a conversation with yet another fascinating podcaster as we dig deep learn about their show and what makes them tick thanks for all you do to support this show across all our socials i truly appreciate it talk to you next week